Well, I'm excited. We are going to start a, a little small three-week series entitled The Church. And I, I believe every year it's going to be important for us to come and go, hey, what are the mission, the vision, the values, and the measures of us as a people at Wellspring? And whether you've been here since we launched a year ago or maybe today's your first day, I think it's important that you go, hey, what, what is valued here? Uh, what are we really gathering for? What is this about and where are we headed and how do we know if we're even getting where we're supposed to be going? And so every year I want to come and I want to talk through those things. Today we're going to be looking at our mission and what we call our measures. And, and I, I would guess no matter where you work or what line of work you're in, there's probably the business or the, the entity that you're at has a mission statement. Now some of you may go, I have no idea what that is. Some of you may go, man, we live and die by our mission statement. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what that is. But here's what I would hope that as we begin to look at Wellspring's mission statement and our values and those things, you'd go, Hey, that matters. That's not just some pithy saying or that's not some words that I don't even know what they mean. You'd go, man, I believe that because I see it in Scripture and I want to be for that. Everything that we're going to talk about over the next three weeks is not just, hey, here's Wellspring and what we're doing. But it's, it's really just a commission that God has given you and I as individual believers to live out. It's a way to go, man, are, are we on target with what God has called us to and so as we talked about, as I, as I want to look at mission statements, I grabbed a couple of some big companies' mission statements just to see, like, hey, are these good? Are they bad? Do they even tell us what they're doing? Or is it just, like, fancy words? So I want to give you a couple. The first is this, is Amazon. They said that their mission statement is to be Earth's most customer-centric company where customers can find and discover anything they might want to buy online and endeavor to offer its customers the lowest possible price. I'm like, dude, that's a pretty good mission statement because I'd say Amazon's doing a pretty good job of that. I love the fact also they're like, hey, we want the Earth. We are the Earth. <laughs> so, but hey, they're doing great. Nike, this one I'm not sure about. Bring inspiration and innovation to every athlete in the world. And they've got a little mark, right? Asterisk. If you have a body, you're an athlete. Nike. I, I love that part because let's be honest. Like I, I'm like, the last time I put some fresh Nike kicks on, I wasn't like, I feel inspired. And I want to go and take on the world because of these Nike shoes. And I look at it, I'm like, let's be honest. Y'all put the asterisk because you're like, no, we're trying to sell clothing to people and we want everybody to buy it. But maybe not. Maybe not. I'm not trying to hate on Nike. I love Nike. Walmart. This is a good one. Walmart's mission, to save people money so they can live better lives. When's the last time you got out of Walmart and Bellmead and was like, my life is better because of what, what I just experienced inside this store? I'm like, no, that's probably not a great, it sounds good, I guess, but it's not happening. Tesla, to accelerate the world's transition to sustainable injury, injury, energy, being right in the test of my injury, I don't know. Um, I've been in a Tesla car one time with uh, the ludicrous and did the whole thing. What I was not thinking about is, man, we're saving the world energy right now. I don't know. Maybe that's what they're after. Lastly, Apple, to bring the best personal computing products and supports to students, educators, designers, scientists, engineers, business persons, and consumers in over 140 countries around the world. Very precise, but I like it because you look at it and you go, man, I see what they're trying to do and I think they're on track to do that. You look at Walmart, you're like, I don't know, are you changing people's lives? I'm not sure, mine is not. So the mission statement, if we're, if we're careful and, and we do it right, it actually becomes something that we go, no, this... This points us in a direction, and we want to be about that because it matters. My hope is you may look at your company and go, I don't know what my company's mission statement is, but you would know Wellsprings because you go, man, I'm for that. 
And, and my life is centered around that because it's, it's not Matt or, or Wellsprings, but it's the Bible. And so our mission statement is this, to love God with all that we are while making disciples that make disciples. Now, what I want to do for a moment is just break that down. Where did that come from in Scripture? And what is it, like, what does it actually mean? Right? Are we going to be like Walmart? We're like, we just changed your life because you came in and you're like, I don't even know if that happened. We, we want to be direct. And so what does this mean? And we're going to start with to love God with all that we are. This, is, this comes from the great commandment. You see it in, in, uh, in Deuteronomy chapter 6. It's called the Shema. They're given like the law and they're going, this, this is what it looks like to love God. But then Jesus is asked. There, there's some guys that come to Jesus and they go, look. Everything that you've taught in the Old Testament, everything that the prophets have told us about you, like, how do we do that? Like, how is that fully just comprehended and lived out? And here's what Jesus says. It says, but when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. This is Matthew 22. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him the question to test him. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment of the law? And he said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, elsewhere it says with all your strength, this is the great and first commandment. Jesus is literally like, look, you, you wanna satisfy everything, like everything that we've talked about, everything that the Old Testament speaks of, everything we've been pointing you to, I just want all of you. I want you to love me with all that you have. We've talked about that the last several weeks in abiding and using uh, our time and our talents and our resources for the glory of God that we go, hey, you get everything because you gave everything. And then he goes on and he says, if, if that's happening in you, like if you're really loving me with all that you have, then what's gonna kind of just propel out of you is a desire to love your neighbor, 39. And a second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the law and the prophets. I think all of us have this question, right? It's like, man, like how do you really grow in love with Jesus? Like, I get it, Matt. Like, yeah, I want to love God more and I want to be a better Christian, but how do you love him? How do you pursue him? And I think it starts with 1 John 3, 1 that says this, see what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called the children of God and so we are. We just sing it. We, we love him because he first pursued after us and loved us and has given us all of himself. Right, literally the king of the universe that could have just stayed up there and said, hey, look, you already messed it up. I'm sorry, I gave you a chance, you messed it up. We'll see you on the other side. And he's like, no, man, I'm gonna lay down everything for you. I'm gonna pursue you while you're still my enemy. I'm gonna bleed my blood like we just took communion so that you can have forgiveness and life. And he just lavishes that on us over and over and over. You can, if you've been a Christian for any time at all, you know that the grace of Jesus just covers you over and over. Like we long to do right, and yet we just, like Paul, it's like, man, there's something else in us just telling us to go the other way all the time. And he goes, man, I love you. I've called you my child. And this is where our love for Christ begins. Like if you're going to be someone that goes, I'm going all in. Like I'm giving you everything. You, you've got to begin with what Christ has done for you. It's a response, and as we respond to him, we begin to pursue him. And so at our church, look, here's what we're trying to do. Every Sunday gathering, every Wellspring kids, Wellspring students, our, our men's and our women's prayer gatherings, our Bible studies, everything, community groups, everything. What we're trying to accomplish is to kind of set a table for you and I that we come sit down and we fellowship with Jesus. 
And as we do that, we grow in deeper love for him so that we can go, man, as I continue to be a part of the things of Wellspring, it's growing my love for Christ. This is huge, but I I just want to tell you, I did some math, and I gave you the benefit of the doubt, and I want to share some numbers with you. Look, what we do here is massively important. God has called us to gather as the people of God to take part of all these things together. It's important. There's value in it, but it's still supplemental to your personal walk with Jesus. So here's what I did. I just added up, like if you were the ultimate committed wellspring person, I gave you the benefit of the doubt that literally you come and serve the kids, you come to one of the two services when you're not serving the kids or serving out here, you go to a community group, usually our community groups meet like every other week, but I just said, hey, what if you met every week? One hour every week. You went and helped on student Wednesday nights. Anytime there's a woman or a men's prayer gathering, you're there. And, and, and so you, you're just kind of doing everything. I'm full in. I'm bought in. Uh, this is where I'm getting sustenance from. That is 10 hours a month if you did everything and never missed. Came to every, at both services. <laughs> 10 hours a month. You have 720 hours in your month. That, that equates to 1.38% of your life. If this is it, if this is the place where you pull up to the table, you go, I don't really think about the Lord outside of church, but I'm gonna go to church. Literally, you're saying, I'm all in. I'm gonna love you with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, 1.38% of my life. Man, that is supplemental. There's much more asked of you and I. There's much more to be had. Yes, man, do I want you to be committed? Absolutely. Do I hope that you look at Wellspring, you look at the people here, you go, man, I love that church, I love those people, but even that's secondary to loving God with all that you have. I hope the reason that you're drawn in here is because you're like, man, I meet with Jesus. The people I'm around, they help spur me on in Christ. When Matt teaches, as long as it's not boring, I actually learn something, right? This is the hope that we're doing, but it's supplemental to your daily walk. Romans says this, Romans 12, 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. There there is this call for you and I to say, hey, we're going to have to daily renew our mind in Jesus. If you're one hour here, and maybe you're in a community group, or maybe you help with students or do something else, Man, that's just such a small part of loving God with all that you are. Think about this. Like, I don't know, maybe you don't watch TV, or maybe you are a family that watches TV. If you watch TV one hour a night, and I know none of you watched six hours of football yesterday, but if you watch one hour a night, that's 30 hours. That's, that's literally triple the time that you said, I'm going all in for Jesus. And I'm not even going to ask you to do this. My wife, if I ever even mention this, gets mad at me. But I I just wonder, like, if we pulled up our phone and we went to, hey, how long have I been on my phone this week? What's that hours? And you go, dude, I use my phone for work, bro. I'm on it all the time. Regardless, that, that is time invested in this little thing. And we're going, hey, does that just, like, blow away the amount of time we're saying, I'm going to love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength? And there's things that we've got to look at and we've got to go, where, where is my treasure? What, what am I invested in? What am I pursuing? And praise God, we can come here and we can grow as well, but I'm going, man, to love God with all that we are is not just wellspring. That's God's command and, and best for you and I. He's going outside of that, you're settling for less. 
And so we go, man, what are the rhythms in your life? What are the things that you've set up personally so that you can love God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind? And the scripture goes on and says, now we're going to love our neighbor as ourselves as we grow in this. And that's kind of where our make disciples that make disciples comes from. Now, now I, was, I think sometimes even that, we go, what does that even mean? Like, what exactly is a disciple, and what does it mean to make a disciple? Well, one, it's birthed out of the Great Commission. What we're doing this morning, where we're seeing baptized believers, is birthed out of Matthew 28, 19 through 20, that says this. Go, therefore, not me, not Wellspring, this is us, as the people of God. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to observe all that I've commanded, and behold, I'm with you while you do it. He's literally going, look, I want you to go out, I want you to proclaim the gospel, and I want to see people baptized through immersion into the church. This is, this, this is what he's told us to do. There's not a whole lot else. And so here's this command to you and I, and I think we have a propensity. You may not. But I think we have a propensity to go, well, hey, man, that's like, that's professional staff's job. Like, you're a pastor, dude. This is what you do. And you're, you're, you're going to make disciples. And, yeah, God, God's called me as an individual to make disciples. And, actually, this is one of the areas he's given me to do that. But he's called us to go make disciples that make disciples. I, I, I just even want to, for a second, like, you may go, what is exactly a disciple? It's just a student or a follower, Jesus was a rabbi. You hear him say, hey, this is our rabbi. That means teacher, and this is for free. This is a side note, but what's amazing to me too is Jesus is going around. He's calling his disciples to come and follow. Hey, you wanna be my disciple? I'll be your teacher. Will you follow me? And what he's doing, he's going to guys that are like fishermen. And, and if you know anything about like the, how this all operated in the back, back in the day, what you had was every kid starts out in rabbinical school. And as they start growing, before they get to like junior high, they're going, hey, here's the sharp ones, here's the GT ones, and I want those as a rabbi. And then they're like, you're not super smart, you're a worker, you're not going to be a thinker, and so why don't you go catch fish for us? And so literally, Jesus is going around calling out everybody that fell out of rabbinical school, and he's going, hey, I'm going to make you my disciple, and I'm going to transform the world through you, that the world has already said, hey, you're not going to be much use for anything other than to catch fish. I love that. That's a side note just to go, man, God uses our weakness to proclaim his strength. That's good stuff. But so we've got disciples. We're really just followers of a teacher that said, I'm going to learn from you, and then I'm going to emulate you. And so what he's called you and I is to be people like students of Jesus. You are to be a student of Christ so that when you go out into your workplace or into your schools or wherever it is in your neighborhood that you are emulating Jesus and you are inviting others to come and do the same thing. This is the call. I, I don't know if you know this, but scripture, Ephesians 4, tells, tells me as the pastor, my job is not to be the one that's just making disciples that make disciples. Here's actually part of my job, Ephesians 4, 11 through 12. And he gave the apostles and the prophets, the evangelists and the shepherds. Pretty much he's saying, hey, he gave you a pastor and teacher to do what? To equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ. My job in these moments and as we meet at this church and you're all plugged in is to literally equip you to go do the work of ministry. It's not my job to go do the work of the ministry. It's my job to equip you to go do the work of the ministry, and that's going to build up the church. That's beautiful, but that's heavy. 
That means the job of disciples that make disciples falls on you as much as it falls on me. You know, I told you guys that I do um, a time where I, with uh, discipleship with, with men and college dudes. And, and one of the things I do is I lay out kind of this category that I want them to place themselves in. I, w- I want them to say, hey, where do you fall? And it's kind of like a timeline. And there's really just four categories of, of people when it comes to this. And you fall in one of these. Uh, one, there's the non-believer. And if you're a non-believer here, one, we're so glad that you're here. I hope that you hear about the love of Jesus. You go, man, I want that. And so you can be a non-believer. You can be a convert. And to me, a convert is someone that just goes, hey, I, I've seen my need for Jesus. I've come to the place where I've said, hey, would you come and save me? Would you come into my life and, and I'm going to follow you? And that's a convert. Now, literally, you can be a Christian for 50 years and stay here. The next is a disciple. And a disciple is someone that's going, hey, I'm, I'm looking like Jesus. I'm walking in the fruit of the Spirit. I'm growing in the word and in prayer and in giving and in serving and all the things that we think of when we think about a follower of Christ. But then there's also really where we're all supposed to be, which is a disciple maker. And here's what I ask every dude that I meet with. Hey, just your real judgmental opinion. (laughs) Where do you think most people, including yourself, fall on that timeline? Are most people non-believers? Are the most people converts? Are most people disciples that are growing? Are there, are, are there most people out there making disciples that make disciples? And without fail, most guys are like, I'm a convert, probably, and I would say most people fall there. And so our hope here then is if we're going, hey, this is our mission to love God with all that we are, and we're going to make disciples that make disciples, and I'm supposed to equip you for the work of the ministry, I'm trying to go, hey, how do all of us move along this timeline towards a disciple maker? And that's why we have what we call our measures. And I haven't talked a ton about measures this last year, but I'm going to start utilizing these more. And our measures are just going, hey, all right, I want to do that. I believe in that. I want to follow that. I want to love God. I want to make disciples. How do I know? How do I know if I'm in the right place? How do I know if I'm hitting the target? And we would say, this is our measures, and we call them our three Bs. And it's belong, become, and beyond. Belong is just this idea of going, hey, you belong to Jesus. That's where it all starts. But then also you belong to biblical community. right? You've got to be growing in biblical community to be pursuing loving God with all that you are. And then we got become, and that's this idea, I want to become more and more in the image of Christ. I want to grow and learn and know who he is and serve him as a disciple. And then lastly, it's going, I want to go beyond, like beyond my comfort, beyond the walls of my home, beyond what I would probably do in my own outside of the spirit of God moving me. And because of the love that he's lavished on us, we go, we want to do these things. I think sometimes it looks more less linear and more like a Venn diagram. Do y'all remember Venn diagrams for math? It's like the circles, the three circles that, you know, and they share something in the middle. To me, it's like, hey, belong to Jesus in the middle. You've got to come to the place in this room where you've decided, do I belong to Jesus? Do I know I belong to Christ? And then if you do, we begin to grow in these three areas. And as they grow, they all grow together like it's unending. This circle of of belonging to covenant community should continue to grow in your life. This area of becoming more like Jesus should just continue to grow. And this area of going, man, I'm going to stretch myself to go beyond what is comfortable, go beyond what I feel like I even have time for. I'm going to give myself to Jesus and go beyond. And so when we look at this, it begins with this, John 15, 12. This is my commandment, that that you love one another as I love you. 
So we get this love of Christ that transforms us, that makes us want to be a believer. And then he literally goes, hey, now I'm going to place you in to a group of people. And I want you to love one another the way I love you. We talked about prayer, the Lord's Prayer last week. Right, and that we're gonna ask for forgiveness at the same way that we give forgiveness to other people. It's kind of that same principle. Jesus is going, hey, I want you to try to love people the way I love you. I want that to be representative of you. In fact, when you, when you think about my love, I hope that you're going, hey, I'm gonna love people the same way you love me. God, would you love me the same way I love people? You flip it around, it gets a little scarier. And so he goes, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna as you belong to me, now I want you to belong to community. And that's a commitment to what we're doing here, yes, but it's also, man, we have um, community group. There's about 16 of them right now. We're launching more as much as we can, as quick as we can, so you can find community. Now, now let me just tell you, you're probably like me, I don't know. But there's days where, like, I love being around people. Like, I love it. And there's other days where I'm like, if I could not see another person for two months, I would be happy. Like, I just want to go in the woods and never talk to anybody ever again, right? Like, I get that. And then I understand, too, that there's a piece of community it's really scary, right? Because if you come and make yourself known to other people, what you've just invited them into is to hurt you really bad. And that's terrifying, right? Like for people to really know who you are and what you struggle with and music, like, hey, that's cool. <laughs> that makes, sets the mood for community. Thank you. <laughs> um, to do that is, is a little bit scary, Right? But this isn't an option for us as believers. Ephesians 2, 13 through 15. This is the new life version. I don't usually teach out of this, but I love how, how it's said. He says, but now you belong to Christ Jesus. At one time you were far away from God. Now you've been brought close to him. Christ did this for you when he gave you his blood on the cross. So he's going, hey, now you belong to me. So now what? We have peace because of Christ. He has made the Jews... And those who were not Jews, one people, he broke down the wall that divided them. He stopped the fighting between them. By his death on the cross, he put an end to the law. Then he made of the two people one kind of people like himself. In this way, he made peace. Literally what it's saying is it doesn't matter your background, your socioeconomic status, your race, your creed. What he's saying is in Christ, he has broken down the wall that separated you and I from each other. And he said, now you are one. And you're going to pursue peace and you're going to love one another the way I loved you. Look, the reason there's a thousand churches on every corner is because community's hard. And all of a sudden you rub up against somebody that's another believer. And you go, I don't like that. I don't like them. So I'm going to go somewhere where I don't have to deal with this. And man, I would say, man, I hope that's not so of Wellspring. Look, there's going to be moments where you sin against another person in this church. And that's a moment for us to go, hey, you know what? I'm gonna seek reconciliation. I'm gonna seek forgiveness. I'm gonna love you and serve you the way that Jesus has loved and served me. And then we can begin to build up biblical community that grows us to love God with all that we are. But we gotta be careful because our propensity is to go, I, I don't want that. I don't like conflict. I don't want people to be able to hurt me. And if someone even begins to look like they're starting to hurt me, I'm out. I'm done. And praise God, that's not how he treats you and I. Praise God when we sin, he doesn't go, all right, I'm done with you. Forget it, I'm going down the road. There's someone else I can love on. No, he stays and he's faithful and he's gracious and he's kind and he's merciful and he goes, I'm gonna lavish that on you so that you'll lavish that on other people. But it takes work, church. 
Like things are all good when we sit in here and it's, it's all good to sing and do all the things and high five and we're having baptism. But man, to get in biblical community, which is desperately needed for each of us, is gonna take work. And I'm just saying, hey, as a church, can we pursue that? Can we belong? The next is this, become. And really what this is, is growing up in Jesus. I talked about the fact, right, like you might have been following Jesus for a long time, but you're still just a convert. This is some harsh words. Praise God, it's not me that said it. I'm just gonna read it, and you can be mad at whoever wrote it. But this is what Ephesians, uh, this is what Ephesians 4, 11 through 16 says. This is kind of, hey, it said, I'm gonna give you a pastor. You're gonna be built up for the work of the ministry. And then in verse 13, until we all attain the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. He's going, hey, we're gonna do this. We're gonna meet together. We're gonna have biblical community. We're gonna, we're gonna pursue God together until we all look like Jesus perfectly, which means we're doing it to the end. And he continues on in verse 14. So that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes, rather speaking the, love, the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body has been joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love." So not only is he going, hey, I'm going to put you together, and it's going to be difficult, but it's going to be really good. But now what we're going to do is we're going to strive together to grow up. And in fact, the word that I would say for, for um, a, a convert, the Bible's really saying, hey, you're, you're a child. And you need to grow to a disciple maker, which is someone that's mature in Christ. And he says, so you're going to train yourself up in these things. Listen to Hebrews 5, 12 through 14. For though by this time... This, this isn't me, this is us. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the words of righteousness since he's a child. But solid food is, is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. How do you know if you're a child? He's going, hey, are you skilled in this? Have you trained daily in this? Do you know what I look like? Are you becoming more and more into my image? If not, he's going, hey, you need to grow up in this. There, there's life to be had. It, it's not to guilt you and shame you. It's to go, you're literally settling for so much less. Like when I think about this passage, I think about elementary school, Fridays. We used to have these little like rectangular pizzas. Did y'all have those? A little rectangular pizza. Friday was a good day in elementary school because you had the rectangular pizza. I'd get a little bit of ranch and I always had my little chocolate milk thing because that was a good day to be a kid. All the lunch was horrible except on Fridays. And, and literally what the word's trying to tell you and I is this. Praise God that I don't invite you out to lunch and go, hey, it's Friday and my kid, I can get in and my kids, let's go get the pizza together because it's really good. No, last night I, I, I got my pit boss up and my smoker going with hickory uh, pellets in it and I took some of my deer backstrap and I seasoned it and I cooked it over that open flame and I ate some really, really good meat that I'd go, I don't want the rectangular pizza from when I was in third grade. But what we do in Christianity looks a lot like that. Man, we become a believer and we go, I really, really like this chocolate milk. 
I really, really like this rectangular cube of cheese and bread. And God is going, listen, I've got a, a T-bone waiting for you to come feast. Like, if you'll come sit at the table, there's more to be had. Quit going back to elementary school and sitting with third graders. You're a grown person. So grow up in me because there's much to enjoy outside of Friday lunch in the cafeteria. But some of us go, hey, I'm good. Like, that takes work, and that's hard, and that's difficult, and I don't know really how to even do that, so I'm just going to drink my chocolate milk. And God's going, man, would you become more and more in my image that you might walk in the fullness of life that I've provided for you? And so we'd grow up in maturity, and we use the things here at Wellspring absolutely to do that. Hopefully that equips you to do that, but it's going to take that day in and day out training yourself in who the Lord is. And then lastly, beyond. This is the idea of going beyond our comfort, beyond ourselves, beyond the walls of the church. It's going, hey, I don't have a lot of time in the day, but we're going, I'm going to go beyond my own, wanting to schedule my life out and do what you want me to. My day is yours. When my feet hit the ground, Lord, I'm going beyond. And I've said this verse over and over, and I will continue because it is our propensity to go, I don't believe that. But Mark 8, 35, for whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel will save it. God's economy is so backwards from how we're trained to live. And he's going, listen, if you, if you want life, then you're going you're gonna to say, hey, my life is yours, God, and I'm just going to give it away. I'm going to live generously like we've talked about. I'm going to use my giftings and my resources for your glory. I'm going to use my time for you, however you see fit. Look, I get it. We're still going to have jobs. But we're going, hey, at my job, is that still God's time? When, I, when I'm interacting with other people, is that still God's time? When I'm at the ball field with my kids, is that still God's time? And it's all his. We're going, we want to love you with all our heart, mind, strength, and soul, and so I'm going to pursue you more than 1.38% of, of my life. It's all yours. And so we serve, and we invite. Uh, how about this? Instead of just trying to start getting into community, what if we get to a place as disciple makers where we go, I'm going to create community for others. I'm going to be the person that when someone walks in this door, I'm going to figure out how to get them community. I'm going to figure out how to get the people on my street to have biblical community. I'm going to initiate that. We're going to open our home. We're going to serve our neighbors. Like this, this is the call that, yes, we want to build up in here, but man, I hope I hope you guys would call me out one day if you're like, look, dude, we're doing nothing beyond these walls. Like, it's just here, and this is it. Because we missed it then, and we're not hitting the goal of our mission to make disciples that make disciples. This is where life is found. This is where joy is found, and this is what God is inviting you and I into. And so here's how we end today. And how are you doing? How are you doing belonging? How are you doing becoming, and how are you doing going beyond? Some of you may be crushing it in certain areas. In other areas, you're going, man, I'm weak and I'm anemic. I am drinking chocolate milk, and so I want to become looking more like Jesus. You're going to have to make a plan for that. If you're like, I don't know how, then come, just come find me, and we'll make a plan together. Maybe you go, you know what? I'm really good at my time in the Word. But going beyond, like living generously, giving my time away, that, that's difficult. And so you begin to pray, God, would you inspire me through your spirit and empower me to just go, hey, my day is yours, and then help me to be obedient to wherever you lead. Or maybe it's belonging. The community aspect is the place you go, look, I've been hurt before. No one's going to hurt me again. I'm not letting people get close to me. I'm not going to be able to show forgiveness and love the way God loves me. And God's going, hey, there is life to be had in belonging to community. And so maybe this year you just go, hey, we're going to work at this. 
We're going to put ourselves out there a little bit, God. I need you to protect me. We're going to put ourselves out there because we trust that it's good because you've said it's good. And so I don't know what it is for you guys. Yeah, I look at my own and I go, I know where I need to continue to grow. But my prayer is that as we look at our mission statement to love God with all that we are while we make disciples that make disciples, that wouldn't be just some word. That wouldn't be some phrase you're like, I don't know what it means. But it'd be a reminder that you're going, man, I want to pursue Jesus with all that I have and I want others to know who he is because he has radically transformed my life through his love and grace at Calvary. Let's pray. So God, I thank you. Um, I thank you that this is the call of the church, Wellspring, but we as individuals make up the church and it's our call. And, and so we wanna, we do, God. I, I, don't, I don't know that there's not a person in this room that go, no, I don't wanna love God with all that I have. And so God, would you stir us up and, and would you teach us how when we would, would we be students of your word even if we read and we go, I don't even know what that said. God, we believe that your spirit empowers us to, to have knowledge and wisdom and discernment that we couldn't even see without you. I pray that we'd be bold enough to go, man, I'm gonna let other people into my life. I pray that we'd be disciplined to go, I'm gonna renew my mind daily. And God, because you gave all, I pray that we'd go, man, I'm just going all in. I'm gonna live beyond my comfort, beyond what I think I would wanna do with my life for the sake and the glory of Jesus. I'm gonna give my life away so that I might find it. And so God, I pray in these moments as we worship together that you would continue to move us to know, hey, where, where is that place that we need to, to grow in this year? What's a place to set our gaze and our focus that we might know you and love you deeper? We know you offer up joy when we live our life for your glory. And so we wanna pursue after that. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray, amen.